You're listening to TIP. Short-term rentals are anything that can be considered a stay of 30 days or less. On today's show, I talk with Nico Ortega about what short-term rentals are and how they work, the difference between normal short-term property management and traditional rental property management, what Nico is doing differently in this space with his company, and much, much more. Nico Ortega is the CEO and co-founder of Nuovo, a Miami-based, tech-enabled short-term rental property management company. Nuovo partners with clients with short-term rentals and manages the properties for their owners. I've felt for a while that technology and innovation has been lacking in the real estate industry. Probably heard me mention that on the show before. So it was interesting for me to learn from Nico about how they're applying a popular technology model, the SaaS or subscription model, to real estate. I hope you guys enjoy the conversation. Let's dive right in. You're listening to Real Estate Investing by the Investors Podcast Network, where your host, Robert Leonard, interviews successful investors from various real estate investing niches to help educate you on your real estate investing journey. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Real Estate 101 podcast. As always, I'm your host, Robert Leonard. And with me today, I have Nico Ortega. Nico, welcome to the show. Hi, Robert. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm doing well. Give us a quick rundown on your background and how you got to where you are today. Sure. So, well, I'm originally from Ecuador. I've been in Miami for around seven to eight years now. I got started in real estate after I graduated college. I went back home. I graduated in Boston, went back home, started working with my brother at one of the largest real estate development companies in the country, where we basically tapped into every single industry or every single aspect of real estate development. We did middle income housing, high income housing. We did mixed use commercial projects. It was a big project with hotel, a parking building apartments, offices. And then my primary responsibility there was the development of a shopping mall. It was around 7,000 square meter of GLA shopping mall, first in the company. So it was a big, big task, a big project. And that's sort of how I got into real estate. And yeah. Today, you're doing things much different than that. You're more focused on short-term rentals. A lot of people probably know what short-term rentals are, but just for those who don't, give us a quick overview of what they are and a little bit about how they work. So how I started in short-term rentals, it really was in our country, Ecuador was going through a a rough phase back in like 2014, 2015. That's when my brother and I decided to exit those projects and we sold both of them. The shopping mall near completion and around 90% being built and the mixed use project, it was sort of a land flip in a sense. We bought the land, developed the project and sold it to another developer so that they continued. And that's when we moved to Miami. For us, moving to Miami was the natural move. We had lived here before, we have family here and so forth. And we started getting into looking at what we knew, which was real estate. When we got here and started looking into it, we, we recognized it was a little bit harder than what we had been doing back home. So in order to make sort of money, start making money relatively quickly, we decided to, as we started to see how Airbnb and all of these things were growing, we decided to rent furnish and then sublease an apartment in the Brickell area. Obviously, we couldn't do it with one. The building owner told us that we needed minimum five to do it. We went to my other brother who lent us the money to make it happen. And we started with five units. Long story short, things started to grow, grow, grow. And that's how Nuovo started. What are short-term rentals? Short-term rentals are anything that can be considered a stay of 30 days or less. So we specialized in everything from one-night stays to 30-night stays. Obviously, 
since the pandemic, 30 plus night stays have been have been growing. You know, during those first couple of months, first four or six months of the pandemic, we barely had any less than 30 day stays just because people were not traveling. And most cities, most locations were prohibiting less than 30 night stays because they wanted to sort of stop the spread, right? So we can service anything from one night stays to one year stays at one of our properties. And all of our units are fully furnished, fully equipped. So basically it's a hotel-like stay in an apartment type property. How does traditional short-term property management work and how is it different from traditional rental property property management? Traditional short-term property management, it's been an industry that has been active forever, right? You look at places like Gatlinburg and the Smoky Mountains, you look at the key resorts and all of these houses over there, you have the Keys down here in Florida. That's traditional property, short-term property management, where you have a local operator that just takes care of everything. You'll run through them, you'll get the insurance, and it'll be a less state. What we've done is we've decided to target short-term rentals in the urban areas, in cities. And that's where things have been different because we have to deal with homeowners association, different types of legislation and zoning requirements and all of that fun stuff. Apart from competing with a bunch of different urban type hotels, which can find a lot more than in most rural areas where short-term rentals have been historically present in. What exactly are you doing differently for short-term property management with your company? So that's actually one of the questions that we asked ourselves right at the beginning of our company. So when we started Nuovo and we started working, we started growing, we quickly noticed that there were other people doing the same thing as us. And really there wasn't anything different about our model. They would have you know, different furniture, different units, probably different decor and so forth. But the product was the same. And the only thing we could compete on was price. And we quickly noticed that we didn't want to get into that, right? Because whenever you start competing in, in prices, everything goes south. So we decided that we wanted to become a network of properties. And that's when we started growing into other markets. As we started growing into other markets, we quickly realized as well that we couldn't be experts in every single market that we went into, that there is a value add in knowing the market and understanding how the market works and understanding how the travelers that go into these markets work as well. That's where we came up with our differentiator. We noticed that if we had technology backing us up and being able to set the right rooms at the right price and selling them to the right guests and at the right time, then that would be our best option. And we would become the best alternative for the travelers, for the renters, and for the landlords as well, because it was a way to offer our travelers and renters the best possible price out there. And that doesn't necessarily mean the cheapest one. It means the best possible price for the type of property that they're getting and getting our owners the best revenue or the best return out of their investment considering seasonality in most markets. And the other thing is that, and this is a recent shift that we've done, as we started growing, we were always focused in class A multifamily, right? So top of the line properties, great properties, great locations, brand new and so forth. We quickly noticed that that was where we had most of our competition. Everybody wanted to focus on that. And even us, our my sort of train thought on this was we want to have units or we want to expand our portfolio in units where I would my family on my wife's side lives in Ecuador. And it was always my train of thought was we need to have units where I would love to send my mother-in-law to, <laughs> right? So that where a place where she would feel comfortable, a place where my political family or in-laws would feel right. But there's a bunch of competition there. Everybody wants to keep their brand standards high and so forth. And there's this underserved market, which is class B and class C, where is people on a budget travel to where people 
students or groups of students or group of friends come with a tight budget that they want to travel to. They want to experience these markets as well, but they can't go to and pay 150, 180 bucks a night at one of these fancy locations and, and have front desk and 24-7 concierge and so forth. They don't need all that. They just need a place to sleep, be comfortable and have a nice day. So we kind of employed blue ocean strategy in that sense and decided, you know what, let all of these other guys kill themselves up there in the class A. Let's take advantage of these properties where nobody's targeting them when there are smaller properties. They are smaller owners as well, smaller real estate investors that have more flexibility and we can provide much more value to them in a sense, right? It's a lot harder to deal with for the gray stars and the uh, Lincolns and all these property management companies with all of these standard restrictions and so forth up there and where we can deal in a more flexible and personal way, in a sense, with smaller owners of smaller properties. Let's take a quick break and hear from today's sponsors. Hey, everyone. It's Patrick, your host of Millennial Investing. Every year, my buddies and I do a guy's trip to escape the cold and dreary Ohio winters. Once we pick our destination, without fail, we all jump on Airbnb and find an incredible place to stay. We just got back from an amazing trip in Palm Springs, California, and our Airbnb home was a huge part of creating memories we'll never forget. I loved it so much, I'm taking my family back to Palm Springs for spring break, and we're staying in an Airbnb home my kids fell in love with and picked out themselves. While I was there, I had the realization that my own home could be an Airbnb. It's an excellent way to earn some extra cash, whether you're saving up for your next vacation, paying off some bills, or investing. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. That's airbnb.com slash host. Hey guys, have you ever wondered if there's an AI tool like ChatGPT specifically built for the stock market? A tool that not only does the research and analysis for you, but also allows for dynamic discussions? Well, wonder no more. Meet Meka, your AI-powered stock research assistant, now enhanced with real-time stock data. Let Meka do the heavy lifting for you to significantly reduce your research time. And the best part, Meka is 100% free. Ask Meka questions like, explore the financial health of Apple through a summary of its balance sheet. Compare the financial statements of Apple and Tesla. What is the analyst price target for Microsoft? What is the social sentiment analysis of Amazon and millions of other queries right at your fingertips? Visit Meka.com. That's M-E-Y-K-A dot com. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting fundrise.com slash millennial investing. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at fundrise.com slash flagship. This is a paid advertisement. All right, back to the show. An interesting concept that you're working on is utilizing a subscription model for short-term rentals for renters. Where did you come up with this idea and how will it work? 
how did we come up with this? Well, basically, we started seeing the first inspiration came really long before COVID. This was like 2016. Uh, our accountant, Anuovo, um, she's a Mexican girl that lives in New York. Her parents live in California and she spends all of her time in Miami. She was basically living out of friend's place, her parents' place, her own apartment, and then her boyfriend's apartment here in Miami. So we were like, how do you do this? How do you keep this up? I wouldn't be comfortable doing this all the time. And she tells me it's horrible, but I have clients everywhere. I need to visit them and I like to travel as well. So initially we came up with this idea because we saw her and we said we could come up with a product for her if we had units in the in the cities where she travels to. And that's how it all started. Then obviously COVID came, this digital nomad movement started going crazy, it working from home quickly started becoming working from anywhere <laughs> and it all became mainstream and doors opened up and were and light was shed to this entire industry of people that could live from wherever and continue doing their jobs and continue doing their jobs and that's where this product caters to people that are living from anywhere and want to have good place to to sleep at night at an affordable price and with quality service but most importantly trust in the host or the company managing these units because if you will live out of an airbnb and i have friends that do this I, um, this past week i was just in new york with three friends that are living as digital nomads one was i think mexico uh, madrid and new york the other one was new york and ecuador the other one was miami new york and denver and they were saying like it sometimes it's an issue for me to find an airbnb i have a great options some of the times but Sometimes I just get like horrible places, nothing like the pictures, zero responsiveness. And that's a big, big issue. And in order to get a place where they can feel comfortable, they usually have to overpay. So we want to provide how this system works. It's basically your normal one-year lease, but you only lock in the unit type that you want, right? So one bedroom and the price, and that's it. And then you can move around from the network of selected units in the cities that that price caters. So it's going to be a tiered system in which, obviously, if you pay a thousand bucks a month, you won't necessarily have access to the top locations in New York City or San Francisco, but it's going to be tiered in a sense where you go, as you pay a little bit more, you get access to more and more cities and more and more properties. So it's super, super interesting. And it's becoming every day, it's becoming more and more mainstream, more, um, you can reach it a little bit more. You start seeing more of these people, people that usually a job that would be considered, you have to go to an office at nine in the morning from Monday to Friday. Now it's a job that you can do from anywhere. So if somebody's staying in, let's just say San Francisco, Cleveland, and maybe another city that's expensive, do they just get a nicer place in Cleveland than they do in San Francisco? Or does their price go up? Like, how does that piece work? So it's still a work in progress, the pricing model for this. And we're trying to find what best fits sort of this demographic. And for that, we have to continue building our portfolio. But what we've seen is that we want to tier it in a sense where you have sort of like, let's say the platinum, gold, and silver, and silver tier. Silver tier is 2000 bucks a month. Gold is 2500 Platinum is 3000 In the silver one, you get sort of the, the base properties. If you want to do gold, you might add a couple of extra cities or a couple of extra properties within those other cities that are a little bit priced a little bit higher. And the same with the platinum. Also, we want to do, we want to have an option where it's customizable for the renter in a sense that they can pick and choose and we'll set the price for that. Usually how that price is set, it's going to be set on the price on the market rent of that particular property. And that's where sort of the profit comes from for us and for the owner. 
One of the reasons that a lot of owners get drawn into Airbnb is that there's typically a lot more cash flow because they can rent them at a much higher nightly rate. So how are you going to be able to satisfy this return need of owners, but also still keep the price affordable for somebody who's looking to do this for a 30-day stay? So that's where our revenue, a revenue management system comes in. That's a technology that we built where we are able to get the best return for our landlords or for our property owners and for the renters. And basically what this system takes into account is what the market rent is looking like, what other competitors are selling for, how many people are coming in and what demand overall looks like on an external point of view. And then on the internal point of view, it takes into account the occupancy of the property is, the average nightly rate is, what the sales pace is, what our review scores are, and so forth. We take all of those account, all of these things into account and we're able to sell the room at the right price to the right person and at the right time. Um, that's what's ideal for us in that sense. But yes, in a 30 plus night say where you have everything included and you have the flexibility to move around from one place to the other and not get locked in, there is going to be a premium for renters as opposed to locking yourself to unit 105 at 123 Main Street in Miami, right? You are going to have a premium, but that premium is going to be offset with the flexibility of you being able to move around from one place to the other, just with a suitcase, not having to play any electricity, any internet and so forth, just plug and play. Your property will be plug and play in a sense. And then on the owner side, we are able to generate almost two times the revenue by using short-term rentals than your regular market rent. Obviously, after all the fixed and indirect costs associated with the short-term rental operator, the net income is around 20% higher than it would be on your average rent, but it's definitely a great option for the renter and for the property owner. I'm sure it's going to vary. And it sounds like you're still kind of trying to nail this down, but what is the pricing looking like? Is it going to be $1,000? Is it going to be $3,000? Is it going to be $10,000 a month? What is the range that somebody's looking at? Well, that's going to depend 100% on the tier and on the properties that, that people are choosing. We've had properties that I think are cheapest or are less expensive option in the Miami area has been around almost $3,000 a month and their most expensive has been around 7000 It depends on a variety of things, but that would be sort of the range. Like I said, our goal is not to go all the way up high. Um, we want to remain within that class B, class C, multifamily type property, where usually we, we could even get some properties at around slightly under 3000 bucks a month. Let's take a quick break and hear from today's sponsors. Hey everyone, it's Patrick, your host of Millennial Investing. Every year, my buddies and I do a guy's trip to escape the cold and dreary Ohio winters. Once we pick our destination, without fail, we all jump on Airbnb and find an incredible place to stay. We just got back from an amazing trip in Palm Springs, California, and our Airbnb home was a huge part of creating memories we'll never forget. I loved it so much, I'm taking my family back to Palm Springs for spring break, and we're staying in an Airbnb home my kids fell in love with and picked out themselves. While I was there, I had the realization that my own home could be an Airbnb. It's an excellent way to earn some extra cash, whether you're saving up for your next vacation, paying off some bills, or investing. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. That's airbnb.com slash host. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. 
You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting fundrise.com slash millennial investing. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found on the fund's prospectus at fundrise.com slash flagship. This is a paid advertisement. Hey guys, the Range Rover Sport leads by example. It's got powerful on-road performance and commanding all-terrain capability and combines assertive on-road performance with the signature Range Rover refinement that you'd expect. The third generation Range Rover Sport is the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable one yet and redefines sporting luxury. It's got advanced cabin technologies such as active noise cancellation and cabin air purification, which offer new levels of comfort and refinement. The purposeful cockpit-like driving position sets the tone for a focused interior that promotes exhilarating driver engagement. Award-winning Pivi Pro infotainment is at the heart of the experience and provides intuitive control of the vehicle systems. You can also enjoy a dynamic drive in total comfort with optional 22-way adjustable heated and ventilated electric memory front seats with massage function. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. That's LandRoverUSA.com. All right, back to the show. Is the digital nomad movement really big enough to sustain this kind of business model? I know there's a lot of people that are getting into it and probably more coming, but is it really enough people that are interested in this kind of idea to really make an entire business model around? Well, if you look at it this way, there's around 60% of millennials currently working from home and around 40% of Gen Cs currently working from home. They make up around 50% of the total U.S. workforce. And that's around 50 million potential renters that we have right there. Yes, all of them are not digital nomads, but a good percentage of that. We start seeing a huge increase in web-based or digital uh, businesses getting started or digital entrepreneurs in a sense. So I currently think that right now, it's not enough to withstand huge thing. That's why we combine it with the short-term rentals, which is our traditional model. So it's going to be um, sort of getting into it step-by-step step and an easy transition into it. But as we start getting more mainstream on this and more and more of the big companies start adopting this work from home or work from anywhere, uh, policies which we've seen with Twitter, with Dropbox, I think Facebook even adopted it as well. I think it's going to become a huge industry in the near future. How does your company make money in this arrangement? Is it like a normal property management company where you just take a percentage of the monthly income? Yes. So our model is a revenue share or a profit share model. We can adapt to both. So we take a percentage of the income that each unit generates. How are you planning to expand? Are you going out to property owners who are currently doing Airbnb and asking them to join this network and be part of this program? Or are you looking to buy properties yourself as a company? No, in the short to medium term, we're looking to manage properties, not necessarily going after hosts that are currently are managing their own properties, but going after hosts that are not doing this and are having them on sort of normal long-term rents. Why? Because it's where we can add the most value. It's not that we cannot add value to the people that, that are currently managing their own properties, but our model is to come in and manage these properties instead of just having them onboarded in, into our platform. So we come in, we manage, we operate the properties. And, that, and those are the people that we are targeting, where we can add the most value, where we can tell them, hey, come join our network. Let us manage your property. You start gaining passive income and we'll generate around 20% or more using our formula of short-term rentals and digital nomads. Those are the properties we're targeting. 
Where are you looking to expand to? So we've had experience in six U.S. markets, all of them completely different. We started in Miami. We grew into Orlando, Atlanta, Philadelphia, Houston, and Portland. So we've had experience in completely different markets and every market is 100% different. When COVID hit, we decided to downsize our operations and focus on the South Florida market on Miami, which is where we are and we can manage everything more closely in a sense. So right now, as we start to grow back up again, we are focusing obviously on South Florida and the Florida markets, which with COVID still being largely present, I don't want to say it's disappeared because it hasn't. Um, you know, there's still the risk of uh, you know, new regulations, new lockdowns, new, new things like this coming about. We feel very confident that in Florida, that won't happen, at least in the near future, just because of how our politicians and our representatives have been tackling the issue. So for now, the focus is on Florida and the southeast of the United States and later continue expanding throughout the East Coast. Potentially after that, as we start seeing things move better and start to normalize in other markets, we would try for the East Coast or the sort of middle America type states. We have a part of the show called The Action Plan, where we learned three different things that from you that the listeners can take away from this episode and take action on. The first one is, what is a habit or principle that you follow in your life that has had a big impact on your success that not enough people do, but should? Well, okay. So I think the first habit that I think a lot of people do, but I think is my go-to and just sets my day because the days that I don't do it, it just completely messes up my dynamics is I get an early morning workout. And this is something that I started doing recently in a very strict sense in a way like I wouldn't miss it. And it just has completely changed because my days are day and night when I do it and when I don't. But things that not enough people do, but should, I would say planning out your day from Either the first thing you do in the morning when you set foot in the office, just plan out the day, or if you're able to do it the night before, then the night before. I prefer, I started doing it first the night before, but it would just leave my head going in circles and not being able to sleep. So I do it first thing as I walk into the office, I open my notebook, I start writing down that I need to get done, ideas that have come to my mind and get going. So I think those are the things like start your day with a plan and tackle that plan for the rest of the day, because if not, it's very easy to get lost in the ins and outs of a day. What has been the most influential book in your life? There's two. There's a Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill that I've read. I'm currently reading it right now, but it's third or fourth time that I've read it. It's always a great reminder. It's the Bible of the entrepreneur and the business person. It just keeps me, it reminds me of very basic principles that I need, that I need to talk in my day-to-day and sort of overall life planning and business planning. And then I would say the other book is a Tony Robbins Unshakable. It's great. I'm a fan of Tony Robbins. I heard the podcast. I've seen the documentary. I've read the books. I've done everything, but that's a great book. I have it in my to-do list to go to one of the in-person seminars that he does because those are just, I've heard amazing things about him. I was planning to do one right when COVID hit. Then I did one of the online ones, but it's it's not the same. So I'm dying to do one of those. So yeah, those I would say are the, the best books I've read. If someone listening to the show is looking to improve their life, their career, or their business, what is one action they should take as soon as they're done listening to this podcast episode? Write down the dreams that you have, write down what you want to do, and take tiny steps in order to get them done. I think sometimes one of the things that prevented me the most in achieving some things are that they were always ideas. They never got out of the idea phase because I always had them up in my head. I tried to find the perfect model 
in a sense to make it a reality and i noticed that if i would write it down and took tiny steps into making that idea a reality yes it wouldn't come out perfect but there are steps taken and little by little i would start getting to the version that i wanted the most and the reality is that chasing perfection is is a utopia right nothing is of what you thought was perfect 10 days ago or 7 days ago or a month or a year ago 10 years ago or whatever right now when you get it done it's still not going to be perfect because you have other ideas of how to continuously make it perfect right i don't know if that makes sense but just getting stuff done making it happen and make taking tiny steps in order to do that don't wait for it, sort of the grand gesture don't ex- if you want to start a company don't expect to get a 10 million dollar investor to invest in your company and make it a reality just like t- make tiny steps in order to get it done and it'll start happening before we give a handoff to where people can find you, I like to wrap up the show by turning the tables and letting the guest ask me a question. So Nico, what question do you have for me? Well, I would say my question is everybody that's into real estate, I ask this question. If you were a multifamily owner, if you had a property with 25, 30, 40, 50 units, would you be interested in having Nuovo as an operator? If yes, why? If not, why not? And what would you like to see from us? as a short-term rental operator that gives you peace of mind, that gives you a sort of that balance that you need as an owner to make sure that your property is in the right hands. The first thing that I would want to see is a proven track record. And I know that's hard. It's like this chicken and egg type thing, right? Does the chicken come first or the egg? And you're not going to be able to give proven results to your first few customers. So that's going to be tough to get over. And I guess from there, I would just try and give the best plan that I could and try and give them as much confidence in me as I could. But as the owner, I would want to see a proven track record. So as soon as you can, I'd start to put together some sort of package or display or presentation on how you've actually done what you say you're going to do for other property owners and how that's going to be the same for me. Nico, where can the audience go to connect with you? Sure. So best way to connect with me, if you're a real estate owner, if you want to have or learn more about Nuovo and what we can offer you, send me an email, shoot me a text, find me on LinkedIn. That's the best way. Uh, My full name is Nicolas Ortega, N-I-C-O-L-A-S. No H, no K in the name, Nicolas Ortega. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can also send me an email at Nico, N-I-C-O, at staynuovo.com or my cell phone. It's 305-215-9761. That thing is always stuck to my hand. So best way to reach me is through there via text or call, whatever you want. So yeah, those are the best ways to reach me. And yeah, it's been amazing to be on the show to tell you a little bit about Nuovo and to hear your thoughts on, on what you'd like. I'll be sure to put a link to Nico's various different resources in the show notes below for anybody that's interested in checking those out. Nico, thanks so much for your time. Awesome. Thank you, Robert. Appreciate it. All right, guys. That's all I had for this week's episode of Real Estate Investing. I'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to TIP. Make sure to subscribe to We Study Billionaires by the Investors Podcast Network. Every Wednesday, we teach you about Bitcoin, and every Saturday, we study billionaires and the financial markets. To access our show notes, transcripts, or courses, go to theinvestorspodcast.com. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any decision, consult a professional. This show is copyrighted by the Investors Podcast Network. Written permission must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting.